You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, the place where hope and reality converge. if Jesus has made a difference in your life. Everything is different. If you have your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 9 is where we're going to be looking this morning as we continue this series entitled Everything is Different. That simple truth that Jesus has been sent and now everything is different. In Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to be looking, we we looked at it last week and this being our theme verse in verse 6, but I want to go to the beginning of chapter 9 and look at this uh, this uh, context and see what is taking place. We hear the, the announcement that a child is going to be born, but I want to give you the backstory what is taking place before we get into this word. And what is taking place in Isaiah chapter 8, Isaiah who is a prophet is speaking on behalf of God and he is giving a word from God to the people and the word is this, and a, a, an invading army is going to be coming from the north. It's going to overtake you. It's going to put you out. You're going to have uh, darkness. There's going to be despair. You're going to be set from your place. You're going to, to be relocated. It is going to be a difficult time in your life. How many are thankful for the word of God? Yeah, even when it says it's going to be a difficult time in your life. He's preparing them and he's setting them up and not setting them up for failure, but setting them up for to be able to prevail, not to fail, but to prevail in what would come our way. Of course, the the Bible says that they would face this calamity, this catastrophe that's coming their way because of their disobedience, because of them not not receiving the word of God and obeying and honoring the word of God. How many know that when we disobey God's word, there's consequences that are connected? It's not punishment from God. It's direct consequences because of our ignorance or our disobedience. Uh, You might say, well, it's not nice to say ignorance. Well, we're sometimes ignorant. Sometimes we're ignorant to the things of God and we ignore just the truth of what God's word would say. As a result, there is calamity and difficulty that's coming their way. But chapter 9, aren't you thankful that there's a new chapter? Aren't you thankful that there's a new, some of you need a new chapter today. So just look at your neighbor right now and tell them get ready to turn the page. Someone needs to get ready to turn the page this morning. You've got a new chapter coming your way. If you have your Bibles, would you stand with me? And we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 9. Let's stand together. Again, if you do not have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. You can stop by any of our, the Welcome Center, Information Center. We'd love to put the Word of God in your hand. Isaiah chapter 9, starting with verse 1. You read the end of chapter 8, it says that wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and and great despair. Darkness will be around them. They will be thrown into the darkness. But here's verse 9. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Somebody say praise God. (laughs) That that right there, we could stop right there and just, just have a whole session of thanking God and giving praise to the Lord. He says darkness will not and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will soon be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which, it, which lies be along the road that runs between the Jordan 
and the sea will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light, a light that will shine on all who live in the land where death casts its shadow. We're in that place sometimes, aren't we? We live in a land where death casts its shadow, where there are those things that are around. But the word of the Lord says a great light will appear. Verse 3, Israel will again be great. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? Israel will again be great, and its people will rejoice as people rejoice at harvest time. They will shout with joy like warriors dividing the plunder, for God will break the chain. It's getting better and better and better. God will break the chains that bind his people and the whip that scourges them, just as he did when he destroyed the army of Midian with Gideon's little army or little band. I love that the Bible emphasizes. Hey, remember Gideon? He, he won with a small army, 300. He went down to a smaller army, and God used small things to produce greatness in, in, in that circumstance and situation. He said, remember what happened in that day. Verse 5, in that day of peace, battle gear will no longer be issued. Never again will uniforms be bloodstained by war. All such equipment will be burned. It doesn't just say not needed. It will be burned. It will be burned. Listen to this, verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. These will be his royal titles, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. That is the good news that we have. I want us to read that this morning. I know you might have a different version, but reading from the New Living Translation, let's read this together and just be reminded of the hope that we have. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of peace. Lord, let the names of who you are come alive in our hearts this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, you may be seated this morning. I pray today that we can unpack this this message that is simple, but yet so profound. Simple in itself, but life-changing when we capture and it captures us. When we understand this truth that when we know who Jesus is, everything is different. We started last week, we talked about Wonderful Counselor, and this is our our theme verse that we're going to be looking at for the next couple weeks, moving into Christmas. We talked about Wonderful Counselor and how, as a Wonderful Counselor, he is pulling greatness out of us. Sometimes we come in contact with a light stick, with the whole process that he's producing, he's creating, he's developing. We talked about the Wonderful Counselor. This morning, we're looking at Mighty God. I want to share from a title this morning that simply said, this, this simple title, Enough Said. Have you ever been in a conversation where as the conversation is going on, people are giving input, and at some point there's no longer new input, we're just going in circles, and we're saying the same thing over and over again. Have you ever been in a conversation, an argument, whatever it might be, there are those times, and sometimes maybe in disagreement, we're not saying anything new, we're just saying it different. We're trying to make it more emphatic, we're trying to make it stand out and emphasize it more. We're not saying anything new, we've said what already needs to be said, and there comes moments in life where enough is said, we've said enough. There's enough that's already been spoken. It's now time to receive and know what has already been said and act upon what we've already heard. We could leave it at that. Enough said. You know what it's like this 
reality that a child being born, and many of us, we know what it's like for a child to change our lives. How many lives have been changed by a child or children? Isn't it a great joy to experience the changes that come from having a child? A child has the ability to change everything. A child can change your sleeping pattern. A child can change your senses. You thought you had good senses, but a child comes along, and all of a sudden, you've developed a different and greater senses. Your hearing is better. Your smelling is better. You become more aware of the things that are around you. It makes everything different. Children cause different equipment to be brought into the place. There were things that was not furniture in your home, but a child came along, and now the entire home is childproof and child prepared. Everything is about a child. Dad used to have a chair, but that needed for the child's swing or whatever it was. There's not, everything's taken over. It becomes different. It's forever different. Having the, the experience that, that comes along that here in reality, babies make life different, but this child didn't just make life different. This child made everything different. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 9, or the verse that we just read, verse 4. It says, For God will break the chains that bind his people and the whip that scourges them, just as he did when he destroyed the army of Midian. In that day of peace, the battle gear will no longer be issued. Never again will uniforms be bloodstained by war. All such equipment will be burned recognizing that this process, there's a difference that we're reading from this scripture. And I want you to see the pattern or process that's taking place. And here's what the process is laying out. God has said to them, darkness is going to come into your world. Darkness is on the horizon. I don't know in your life whether darkness is on its way or darkness is already there. I don't know the forecast that might be for, for points of concern in your life. There's no such thing as a person who is so Christian that no problems ever come their way. Thank you for saying amen. You can never be godly enough to not have trials. The Bible says we will face trials. There will be opportunity to worry in your life. If you're not in a season of worry, there's something on the horizon that you might be able to worry about. There's always an opportunity to worry and to have fear and to have anxiety. Always those moments that are around us. The Bible says that there's a season that's going to come. But here's the process. He then tells them a progression that takes place. But darkness won't last forever. Darkness will not last forever. And then he says, because the chains will be broken. He's going to break the chains. He's going to prevail. That he's going to overcome this. And that it will not last forever. And then he recognizes and says that a child is born. This process of hope that we have. That he says that there is going to be darkness. But it will not last forever. That there is going to be a change in our circumstance. And it's all because a child has been born. I want to encourage you today. You're in a place in life. And if you're not there, you will be where worry is able to come and attach itself to us. In this season of, of life and seasons that we go through, that worry can come and become our identity, and we fight the battles of facing worry, of fear, of anxiety that looks to overwhelm us and overtake us. Yes, there is darkness that surrounds us, but I want us to know today that the darkness will not last forever, for God has broken the chains all because a son was born. I want you to know your hope today is all built on Jesus Christ showing up. Because he came, everything is different. 
If you want to play that backwards, the tape says Jesus came. Therefore, chains are broken. Therefore, darkness will not last forever. And God will give us hope. Quit letting the enemy play your tape forward like you're going into a place of despair. You turn it back on him and say it ends in victory because God is greater than whatever opposition might be coming our way. That there's a greatness that we have in the presence of God. He makes everything different. I want you to see what he makes different this morning. Here's what he tells us. He says, God will break the chains that bind people. How many have been broken? How many of you have had chains broken over your life? He's still a God that's able to break the chains. He's still a God that has the power to bind and to break those chains, whether they be addiction, whatever it might be that come against us and, and things that, that, that weigh on us. The victory that we need and the opposition that we face is many times not the opposition that's outside of us, but the disobedience that's inside of us. I want you to hear this morning your desire for relief. If you're in a season of worry, there's anxiety, there's fear, something surrounding you. If you're feeling the worry, we often look and we say that the opposition is outside of us and we pinpoint that worry on a circumstance and we look outside of us and we say that worry will only change when that changes. Truth is told That worry that we have will not change when that changes. Worry will change not when we face the opposition outside of us, but when we begin to address the disobedience that's inside of us. When we begin to address the opposition that's inside of us, we are wrestling not with the things that are outside of us. Here's why. Because if my worry is attached to that thing, it might be gone tomorrow, but it will be replaced by something else the next day. If you don't deal with what is on the inside, you'll never overcome worry and fear because all you'll do is just exchange faces. You'll just get a new villain. You'll just get a new problem. But you'll never overcome worry and fear because you'll just keep looking for that to be dealt with out there when what really needs to be dealt with is in here. It's a recognition of what is in here. And sometimes it is disobedience. That sounds so harsh to say disobedience. But I believe we need to make sure that we honestly acknowledge and recognize what is many times causing fear and overwhelming and anxiety and those things that might come along in our life. That it really comes from a a disobedience that might be first stemmed from a misunderstanding or not properly seeing who God is. But when we see who God is, he calls us to respond differently. And then we're at that moment, I've got to respond. When he tells me in his word, do not worry. I've got to respond there. And the more I resist the response to his word, I can't call it anything but disobedience. I I can't call it anything else. I I can't try and make it sound, because what we tend to do is we make it the outward thing, that it's that thing's problem, it's that situation, it's that, and we justify our worry because of what's outside. And the reason we do that is because we can't control what's outside. But we can control What's on the inside? We can set those things in order and set those things in place. God breaks the chains and that thing that's inside of us, it breaks it. Here's what's made different just from the scripture that we read. He breaks the chains. Number two, battle gear will no longer be, be needed or issued. Why won't you need battle gear anymore? Because the battle's already won. You don't need battle gear anymore. You don't need the things to be issued because there's already been a battle that's won. What else does he say? Not this one, the next one. Push it. Ah, see that? I got the power. All right, yeah. All right. Battle gear will no longer be issued because it's not needed. 
And listen, it says as well, never again will uniforms be blood-stained by war. Why will there no longer be any more uniforms blood-stained by war? Because the blood is already stained on the cross. The blood is final. It's complete. Your blood isn't good and your blood doesn't, isn't needed. It's nothing. He has already accomplished. He's finished a work and he's made everything different. I love this as well. All equipment for battle and for war will be burned. It doesn't just say useless. It will be burned. You know what burning means? Burning means an ultimate destruction and reign by God. God and his power that he reigns that it will be destroyed in the lake of fire. What's the lake of fire? Prepared for the enemy and Satan and his demons. It was made for Satan and his demons and the enemy, the tools that the enemy has used in your life to bring worry, to bring fear. Those things are burned and never to be used again because of this one thing. All because a son was born. Verse 6 that we recognize that unto us a child is born, unto us the son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father the prince of peace do we realize what a difference that god has made in our lives i want to ask you a question we realize that children have an opportunity to make things different your child changed your life but this child changed the entire world and you thought your child was influential You thought your kid was special. We would say of Jesus, this this promise born in Bethlehem, most of us here would probably acknowledge today and say he was at least, or he was definitely an above average individual. I realize some of us would say, no, we know he's more than that. But do we really know who he is? Do we really know who it was that was born in Bethlehem on that silent night that we sang about? Do we really know the hope that came into the world? On that occasion, in that, that, that season, that time of life, do we really know who he is? Here, I believe, is the answer to that question. If you want to evaluate in your life, do I really know who he is? The answer to that question is determined by how attached I am to worry, fear, and anxiety. If worry, fear, and, exi- and anxiety attach themselves so much to me, then it might be that I only know him as a wonderful counselor, but I haven't met him as the mighty God. It might be that I only know a portion of him, but I don't know who he really is. If I knew who he really was, it would change the way I look at certain circumstances. And if I want to ask myself and evaluate in my life, does Jason know who God is? The answer to do I know who God is is answered by how much worry and fear has taken over my life. That's kind of a difficult reality sometimes, isn't it? When we really have to stare and acknowledge and say, I know God, but maybe I don't know him the way he really is because these things have attached themselves. We tend to tell God, and this is how we address our worries, We tend to tell God what our worries are when we should be telling our worries who our God is. We tend to tell God what our worries are when we should be telling our worries who our God is. Last week we talked about wonderful counselor, that he is a wonderful counselor. He draws greatness out of us. Any good counselor, yes, they can listen. Yes, they have those abilities. But he is a wonderful counselor that he's bringing greatness out of us. 
if we are prone to worry, and there's some people that, that just, they're prone to worry, but I, this isn't just a personality trait. Every single one of us have the opportunity to worry. There's always something. I don't know what your opportunity today is. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's a relational thing. Whatever it might be in your life, there's something that we are prone to worry. Maybe it's just, just life in general, just a future that we, we sometimes are, un, the uncertainties of life, that they just call, cause worry and fear. The root emotion, one of the root emotions is fear, and from fear comes worry, comes anxiety. This is, these are branches that grow from fear. The Bible tells us that perfect love came to do what? Perfect love casts out all fear. Now, if you have fear, the Bible says in 1 John it's not because you don't know that God loves you. It's that you've not received the love that comes from God. Because if you have fear, it means you're afraid of punishment. But when you forget and realize this, that he has already taken the punishment, he's already accomplished what is needed, there's nothing for you to pay but to receive the love that comes from God. And when I receive the love that comes from God, it casts out all fear. Why? Because I see him in the proper light. I see him in his glory. As we sung majesty, show me your glory, be in the presence of God. When you have an encounter with God, it changes everything. When you're in the presence of God, there's the song or or the, the scripture that says, let my words be few because there's nothing I can say. Enough said. When I'm in the presence of God, it's all over. There's nothing to add. It's just his glory. Everything's done. There's no more to speak of. It is over. It is finished because we recognize who he is. Here's what we have to see, though, that when we are prone to worry, those of us that worry, we love having a wonderful counselor. When we're filled with worries in life, we love having a wonderful counselor. Don't worriers love having a wonderful counselor? When you're prone to worry, you love having a wonderful counselor, someone you can talk to. Thank God he is a wonderful counselor. And we can go to him with our worries. But worries are silenced the moment we see him as a mighty God. The moment we recognize, the moment we know him as the mighty God, our worries become silenced. Wonderful counselor recognizes an attribute of God. Listen to this, that we can call him and notice that Jesus is given multiple names because there's no way to describe this great I am. There's no way to describe this man who came from heaven, the, the son of God, who is both God and both man, who came to bring salvation. There's no way, how do you describe him? Well, you could give him this name, but that's not enough. He needs another one. Not because he's bipolar, but because he's greater than anything we could ever know. He doesn't have multiple names because we don't know. He's not sure which one he is. He has the names because he's everything. He's all in all. He's complete. He's encompassing everything. There's no way. Even these names that we read right here aren't enough to describe who he is. But it says he's wonderful counselor. And if he would have left it at that, he's wonderful counselor. We could recognize, and you could say, oh, he's a wonderful counselor. He has an attribute of God. He has an attribute of God, which means he represents something that is godly. He gives godly wisdom. You could leave it at that if you were saying he's a wonderful counselor, but it didn't stop with wonderful counselor. Right behind it says he's wonderful counselor, and he's mighty God. He doesn't just have an attribute of God. He has the authority of God. He doesn't just have a representation. He has the final say-so. He doesn't just represent good things of God. He is everything that is good. He is everything that is righteous. He has the authority that comes along with it. Do we know who he is? Jesus is a wonderful counselor, but when you know the mighty God, it describes not just his attribute, but his final authority that he has 
with us and over us. When we know that he is in control, when we know that he is the God who is in all things, that is greater than all things, when we know who he is, I want to ask you this morning, do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? Have your worries, your fears, your anxieties been put in a place, been put into place that you know who he is in your life and what it is that he's called us to? Here's what we sometimes, we sometimes are, are, are easily receiving the fact that, that he is with us, that he is with us. But his name, Emmanuel, doesn't mean he is with us. It means God with us. It is God with us. Jesus didn't show up on the scene to say, I'm here. Jesus showed up and said, I'm him. Let me tell you why that's important to catch. Because we love having the counselor who comes and goes with us and goes with us in circumstances. A God who is with us in our time of need and with us in our time of of difficulty. But he's not just a God who is with us or not just one who is with us. He is God who is greater than what it is that we might be facing. He is greater than these things. The attribute of a wonderful counselor. An attribute of a wonderful counselor says, God, I need you in my worry. That when you know the attribute of God, you say, God, I need you in my worry. But when you know him as mighty God, you begin to say, God, I know you're greater than my worry. Has your worship and your recognition of God gone from just saying, God, I need you in my worry? Or has it gone to a place that says, God, you're greater than my worry? Your worry holds on whenever you stay at a place and say, God, I need you in my trouble. But when you begin to turn and say, God, you're bigger than my trouble. You're greater than my trouble. You're greater than what it is that I'm facing. You're now letting go of those that worry, that fear that might easily entangle, and you recognize the greatness of God. When it stands in the presence of God, shut your mouth, nothing more to add. We're done. It's all over. Enough said. He's good. There's nothing more to add. When you come into contact and when you come to the recognition, He is good. We say this all the time, and the problem is we have familiarity. We're so familiar with the words, but the words don't fully describe and reveal who he is. Words aren't enough. That's why, we, that, that's not, that, that's why the Bible, of course, says, and I, I believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of the gifts of the Spirit is tongues. Why? Because the language of the earth is not enough to express and describe the glory of God. He's bigger than words. He's bigger than what we can imagine. He's bigger than what we can describe. He's greater. But if he's mighty God, what is mighty around us? You might have things that are mighty and you recognize things that are mighty. There are mighty hunters. I don't know if we have any mighty hunters here or not. Some of you are like, I'm still working on it. (laughs) Just deer jerky is always fun. Uh, Someone already gave me a bag. It's gone. So... uh, You, if you're a mighty hunter, it means you're greater than the prey. If you're a mighty soldier, you're greater than your enemy. If you're a mighty king, you're greater than the subjects. If you're mighty, it means you're over. That's a mighty hunter, a mighty king, a mighty man. But what is a mighty God? A mighty God who is greater than what? Anything and everything. I can't even comprehend it. I can't even. I'm going crazy trying to understand how big, how good, how awesome. Then it comes to a place when I say, God, I got problems. I got problems. Oh, that's who you are. I don't know. I'm all good. Because when I stand in the presence of God, it is finished. 
I'm recognizing his greatness. I'm coming to an understanding of who he is. Do we really know who he is? Do we really know that he is mighty God? Or have we allowed worries to give him a different name? Instead of being mighty God, have we allowed worries to call him the sometime God? Have we allowed worry and fear to be the, at certain moments, occasional God, conditional God, seasonal God, at the right moment when it feels right God? Or do we know him as mighty God? You see, because when you know him as mighty God, it doesn't matter. We say, yeah, God, I know you are, but I feel, or yes, but how many know that when you see him as mighty God, enough said, I can't add anymore. I can't say. I can't justify my, myself in, in trying to hold on to the worry, trying to hold on to the fear. I just got to recognize he is who he is. And because of who he is, I come to a place of saying, God, you are who you say you are. You're great. You're in control. You're greater than anything I might be facing. That sometimes worry, when we hold on to worry, we hold on to fear, we hold on to anxiety, it tries to give God a different name. He's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. He is mighty God. Let this desire to know who he really is. In Matthew chapter 8, turn there if you can. In Matthew chapter 8, we know a God, we know Jesus is with us. In our, we know Jesus is with us. I think we all recognize that. Jesus came to the earth. He is with us. But I think we forget that he's not only with us, but he is the almighty God who is in us, who is working in power, who is working in authority, who is greater than whatever circumstance. What is it today that you're looking and you say, I have this reason for worry? Whatever that is, if you were to write it out, you would write out, I have this reason to worry. I've got this, I, I've got this, this, uh, this bill coming. I've got this report that's taking place. I've got this circumstance, this situation. I've got this reason to worry. Take that reason to worry and hold it in the presence of Almighty God and see. See how long you can let that worry. Listen, I didn't say the worry is gone. I didn't say the, the, the thing that you worry about is gone. But now it's no longer attached to you. Your identity is not by that thread of what you might worry. But your identity is in the one who is mighty. The one who is in you. The one who is greater than what it is that you might be facing. Do you know who he is? Look at your neighbor this morning. Just ask him, do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? Do the disciples know who he is? Look what it says in Matthew chapter 8 verse 23. Listen to this. This is a, Jesus is with the disciples and he meets up with them. They're traveling. Verse 23 of Matthew chapter 8. It says, then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake. Listen, aren't you glad Jesus got into our boat? This boat called the lifeboat. He got into the lifeboat. He got into our boat. I'm so thankful that Jesus, through the form of a child, showed up on our earth. He came and he got into our boat. He came into life with us. He came into this place. He experienced life as we experienced. He was tempted in every way we were tempted. He went through everything we went through. He had opportunity to fear, to worry, and to have anxiety. He had every bit of that opportunity, but he overcame, and there was victory in that situation. But listen what it says, that they started across the lake with the disciples suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake don't you love it when life just seems to happen you're going along in life we got the lifeboat we're chugging along and in the lifeboat some storm just rises up for the Israelites it was from the north I don't know which way the winds come but the winds sometimes come in directions and it causes a storm to come up 
A fierce storm struck the lake, the waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Hey, Jesus, the boat is shaking, the storm is blowing, things are not good, and you are sleeping. I got to stop right here and just acknowledge if Jesus, who is the creator, who is God, who, is, who came in the, in the form of a man, but who is God, who had purpose, he's the Messiah of the, of the world, he's the one upon every hope, everything is built upon this man named Jesus. He's in the same boat that I'm in. The winds are hitting us, the waves are rocking us, the boat feels like it's falling apart, and Jesus is sleeping. What do the disciples do? The disciples panic. Why? Because they're feeling the wind. But if this is the hope of all the earth, they should have known. Hope is not going to drown. If he's the hope, we're okay. Because though the storm quakes, though it comes against us, the rock is solid because Jesus is not going to drown. You might look today and you say life is coming against you, but he's on the boat. The boat's not going to drown with hope in it. It might get rocky. It might get windy. It might get shaky. It might take on water at times. But hope will not sink. Do you know what the disciples could have done? The disciples could have said, hey, whoa, hey, did you feel that? Whoa, I don't know what's going on. Where's Jesus? Oh, Jesus is sleeping. Oh, if he's sleeping, then we might as well not lose any sleep over it either. If he's resting, we might as well rest too. Because his, he's the hope of all the world. He's not going to sink. I'm with him. And since he's not sinking... I know I can be okay. Isn't that how we respond? Don't we all respond like that? We're like, oh, where's Jesus in the matter? Oh, Jesus is cool. Everything's all fine. And we just don't allow worry to hit us at all. We handle it just like that, don't we? No, we tend to be like the disciples. What did the disciples do? They're feeling the weight. They're feeling what's happening. The boat is rocking. Things are taking place. They look. They see Jesus sleeping. And here's what they say. They went and they woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. And suddenly, listen, suddenly there was a great calm. Verse 27, listen. The disciples were amazed. And what did they say? Who is this man? We thought we knew who he was. We thought we knew this man come from Bethlehem. This man who was born in Bethlehem from, from uh, uh, Galilee. We thought we knew this man. We thought we knew who he was. But here's what they add. They add even the winds and waves obey him. He is greater than whatever opposition. I have reason to worry, but the one who's in my boat is greater than whatever worry I might have. The one that is in the boat that is with me is greater than the worry that might try and come against me. And they said, who is is this man. I want to ask you today, do you know who this man is? Do you know who this man is? If you know who this man is, then it means that it comes to a place where worry and fear do not overtake, do not overwhelm us because we know who this man is. You have reason to worry. You have reason to worry. Life happens in ways and storms come about. There are things that give us opportunity to worry. You might be here today and you say, I've got good reason to worry. I can tell you why I've got to worry. I could tell you all the things that have happened. I've got this that happened in my past and this that's looking full, that, that's ahead in my future. I've got all these things and I could tell all these things that I've got to worry about. Every single one of us have the stresses of life, the struggles of life, the difficulties of life. 
and those things that would come and we're on the boat and when life happens, here's what we often do. We're shouting to Jesus or we're shouting to God and telling Him about our worries when we should be shouting to our worries and telling Him about our God. This worry that you have is so short-lived. This worry, this, this place that you're in is, is not anything that is prolonged. It's not anything that's going to carry. What did Jesus say to him? Listen to what he said. He said, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Notice Jesus didn't say you have no faith. He said you have little faith. Isn't it interesting that little faith still causes you to do something. Little faith, because they had little faith, what did they do? They woke up Jesus. They said, save us! We're going to drown. Little faith called them to shout to Jesus and tell him about their problems. But big faith, little faith goes to Jesus and shouts about our problems. But big faith goes to our problems and shouts about our God. Big faith goes and shouts to the mountain and says, be cast into the sea. Now you say, wait, Jason, that, the scripture there says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, yeah, that's how powerful it is when you put in action what God's word says, that when you put in action, that we're no longer a people who just worship at a place of coming and telling God our worries and telling God our problems, but we come and we recognize we don't shout to God our worries. We shout to the mountain and say our God is greater than the mountain. Our God is able to cast you into the sea, that we are victorious in Christ, what Whatever your worry is, is your God not greater? Whatever it is that you're worried about, you might say, you, you might say, well, Jason, you, you don't know how it is sometimes. It might be a home that says, hey, honey, we've got a bill that's coming and we don't have enough money. And we could start shaking and saying all things are tough. Or someone could rise up and say, no, we've been paying tithes. We've been honoring the Lord. We've been good stewards of our money. He's in our boat. He's not going to let us sink. He's in the boat with us. We're going to be all right. We're not going to sink in the situation that we're in. I've got relational turmoil. Maybe there's a struggle. Things aren't going your way. You're not being loved the way you want to be loved, even the way you need to be loved. You're not receiving what you ought to receive. And you look at that and say, things aren't happening the way I want them to happen. It might be that God wants you to know he's in your boat. He'll love you like no one else could love you. You'll never know the love of another person till you know the love that comes from God. When you receive what comes from him, he's in your boat. You're not going to drown. Look at your neighbor this morning. Tell him you're not going to drown. You're not going to drown whatever it is that's coming against you. You're not going to drown. You're overwhelmed. There's things that are coming your way. You're not going to drown. Is he in your boat? He's in your boat. Who can come against us? What word of man can take away the glory of God? What slander of man? What opinion? What idea? What thought? What thing in this world that you worry about? Because a lot of our worries aren't even things that are real. They're things that might be. A lot of our worry are ideas that aren't even, not even true things that have come about. They're just concepts. They're thoughts. This might happen. This could happen. This might take place. You fill your mind with what might happen. And you live in a place of, of bankruptcy because you're living from what might happen. And you forget what has happened. Let me remind you, unto us a son is born. 
a child is given and the government's on his shoulders and the chains are broken. Darkness will not last forever. We are victorious in Jesus Christ. He brought me in. He's going to bring me through. He is mighty God in my life. He's mighty God in my life. Have the worries attached themselves so much that you lost sight of how mighty your God is. Well, they really hurt me. Hey, quit looking at who hurt you and see the one who heals you. He's mighty. When I stand and bring it in the presence of God, enough said. I can't say anymore. There's nothing to add. God, I've got this hurt. I've got this pain. This all happened in my life. These things are taking place. This weight is happening. And when I come into the presence of God and I see the mighty God, I recognize and I know who he is. And because I know who he is, I know that I'm not going to drown because I am hanging with the one who is the hope of the earth and hope will never sink. Darkness might come, but it won't last forever. Chains are broken. Why? Because unto us, a child is born. A son is given. He has made all the difference. Quit using Facebook to tell everybody how bad things are. Okay, I got a quick side note. I, quick side note. We have become so good at rating things and giving our opinion of things that it's really affecting our proper view of God. We're getting so good at complaining and letting everybody else know and rating stuff. You've got stuff like, oh, tell everybody how your experience was. Tell everybody how good the restaurant was. Tell everybody how good this thing was. Tell everybody how good. And you want to rate things. You want to rate things. It's become so centralized in our worship that we're now doing that in the presence of God. We don't know how to walk and enter into the presence of God because we're rating everything. How's the worship? How's the sound? How's the music? How's the stuff? How's the things? How's the people? How's the thing? We're rating everything that we don't know how to just be in the presence of God. Hey, Daniel, there's a lion over there. What? I don't care. I got the presence of God. Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, there's a fire. It's hot. it's hot in here. It's getting hot in here. I'd really worship God if it wasn't so hot in this place. It's always cold. Always got to bring a coat. Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, somebody forgot to tell them. Someone forgot to say, oh, you can only worship in the right. And we miss sight. Listen, mighty God, I don't have any more to add to it. I can't tell you anymore. I can't say anything else. You might say, oh, well, we need you to need you to inspire and motivate. And He's mighty God. He's bigger than whatever you're going through. He's greater than anything you have in your life. He is everything. He's everything. Notice when he stopped the wind, Jesus spoke. And when he stopped the wind, notice the wind didn't go away. If the wind had gone away, there'd be a catastrophe that would have occurred somewhere. It would have set everything off. I don't, I don't, I just, I've heard this enough with weather that if God would have just erased the wind and took the wind out, the wind would have been gone. There's all the connections that would have happened. It would have caused other winds and things that would become, here's the power of it. God didn't make the, he made the wind stop, but he didn't take them away. He put the wind in its place. Catch this, catch this. When he stopped the wind, he didn't take the wind away. He put the wind in his place. I, I, Jackson, I need you, buddy. Come on up here. Come up here. You're, you're a 
strong man. Here's what he did. He didn't stop the wind from blowing. He put the wind in his place. When he said to the wind, he said, be still. You're the wind right now, right? Because you got a lot of hot air. Actually, I got a lot of hot air. So, but I'm glad you didn't say that. All right. So you're the wind. When he looked at the wind, he didn't say, wind, get out of here. He said, wind, get behind me. I'm greater. Get in place. Get in your place. I'm greater than the wind. You get in your place. Listen, he didn't say, wind, be gone. He told the wind to stop. And when he told the wind to stop, he said, I'm greater. I'm greater. And because I'm greater, it's a sequence. He didn't say, wind, get out of here. He said, wind, get in the place you belong. I'm in charge. I'm in control. I'm first. Wind, you get where you belong. Can I tell you what's happening? You don't know how to put your wind in place. Your worry. Your worry needs to get in place. You need to put your worry in its place. Your worry is overtaking you, and you've got to tell your worry, get where you belong. Catch this. Listen, worry needs to be put in its place. Here's what we tend to do. Here's what we tend to do. We're on this side. You're the problem right now. You're not a problem. You're a really good kid. You really are. If you have issues with this, see a wonderful counselor when we're done. All right. You cool with this? We're going to call you the problem. You're what's in my way. You make me worry because you're strong. Stop doing that. You're scaring me. You have something to worry about. And what we try to do when we in the wrong place, we look at worry. And because you're strong, I can't move you. And we try to get to God through our worry. God, I've got worries. God, I've got worries. And worry's pushing right back. Worry's not going anywhere. God, I want to get to God through my worries. i got worries. i got problems. God, I'm trying to get to you. And I can't get to God. But there's something different. Come on, you'll play along with this. But there's something different when I've got the Father behind me. And I'm no longer on this side saying, Hey, God, I'm trying to get to you, Father. I'm trying to get through my worries. But no, when I get on the right side and I put worry where it belongs, I'm now on this side. And I say, Father, I'm coming to you. How many know this? He begins to move the worries out. That You're no match for the Father. You're no match for what he's able to do. When I get on the right side, it moves things. But what we try to do... We try to get to God through our worries. God, I got problems. I got worry. I got situations. I got issues. I got concerns. And we're trying to get to God. I can't get to God. I can't get to God. Listen, he didn't say get to me through worries. He said get to me through the blood of my son, Jesus. That a child has been born. And because a child has been born, I'm now standing with the Father. I'm joint heirs with Jesus. And because I'm with Jesus, I'm with Him. And now these worries begin to move like you're no match for this man. You know, somebody give God praise if you understand that we serve a God who's no match for the work that He's able to accomplish. Hey, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Love you guys. When we put worry in its place, He didn't take the wind away. He told the wind where to go. He said, hey, wind, you get in your place. You know what you need to say today? The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You rise up and you tell your worry. Hey, worry, you get in your place. Hey, worry, you're not going to overwhelm me and overtake me. You get where you belong. The Father is in place. And the Father, I'm not going to get to God through my worry, but I sure can overcome my worry through my God who is greater than whatever it is that I'm facing. You're here today and the storms of life have come against you. You can't Christian your way out of storms. 
If you ever thought, well, if I just be Christian enough, I won't have any more storms. Baloney. In fact, you get more serious with God, you're probably going to get more storms. You know what happens? Say to God, Lord, I've got these worries. Man, these worries, wait till they meet my God. Wait till they meet my God. I've got these problems, whether they be at school, whether they be at relationships, whatever it is. How many would say today that you want to know God as a great and mighty God? You're carrying worry today. There's some of you here today, you're carrying worry. You're trying to get to God through worry. You're trying to get to God through worry, through things that you're facing. God says today, don't see your worry. Don't see me through your worry. Put worry in its proper proper place. And let me be greater. Father, we are a people filled with worry. Thank you that you love us. Help us to be a people filled with your glory. Show us your glory, oh God, that we would see your majesty today. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.